When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network, hosted by Pete Lutz. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. The 2016 Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Each week, the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse brings you classic plays adapted and performed by some of the very best modern audio theatre production companies. I'm your presenter for this season, David Alt. Good evening, and welcome to the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. I'm your announcer, David Alt. Our summer series is winding down, with only two weeks left of great recreations on our Playhouse stage. And thus, with so little time, we're pleased to present to you a double feature tonight and next week for our final shows. Tonight's second presentation is from our Shadowlands players from EVP, as they bring you the classic western Gunsmoke with Sins of Our Fathers. But we begin this evening's performance with a warm-up of sorts from Texas Radio Theatre. Mr. Richard Froelich, producer and writer of Texas Radio, will do the honours of describing from the stage. The Texas Radio Theater presents Cold Radio Playhouse. No rehearsals, just right. It's an old-time radio recreation with no rehearsals and minimal edits. The productions are cleaned up a bit with sound effects and music, but the pauses, miscues, and the all-out stops are left in. This production is a recreation of Sky King from November 21st, 1949, called The Atomic Trap. The makers of Peter Pan Peanut Butter present The Adventures of Sky King! Now, Sky King in The Atomic Trap. On a jungle-covered hill outside the village of Tangiers in Central America rises a strange, round-domed glass-and-steel building. This is the greenhouse laboratory of a French botanist, André Bolton, who vanished months ago. This is the address on a package mailed Air Express by Dr. Shade, a mysterious package with contents unknown. The shipping receipt for this package brings Sky and our friends to Tangiers, now they wait in the laboratory office while Frederico, the native gardener, goes to call Bolton. Sky talks quickly, quietly. I agree with all of you. It does look like Andre Bolton is working for Dr. Shade. 
But there might be some mistake. I'm not going to accuse him because I can't believe such a great scientist would be part of a criminal scheme. We'll take it easy and let him do the talking. Might as well start with the package, Skye. Everything might be cleared up if we knew what Shade sent down here. Dr. Shade couldn't be here ahead of us, Guy. No, but his men may be planted anywhere. He could radio them to be watching for us. Wonderful, wonderful. We get out of one mess and walk into this one. Somebody in the hall. Frederico? I have delivered your message. Uh, The Dr. Bolton is in the greenhouse. I'm reading it as it says in the script. Uh, Frederico, read us me. Uh, Tell him you are here and he will come walk with you. On momento. On momento? (laughs) It says on. It's on in the script. On un momento. Setting back international relations 5,000 On momento. Por favor. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Frederico, it's pleasure to help. I walk, work, work outside. You call me... What? You call me... Quiet. Oh, you call me. You wish anything more. This is why we put him back there. Go back here, back to... I'm going back to the garden. (laughs) What a character. Sky... Sky asked him to go find Dr. Bolton, and Frederico acts like it's his life's work. These natives are serious. <laughs> yes, they are. You think so? These, I didn't these get that natives impression. are serious. I they don't say that. much, but when they do, they mean it. Yeah, well, I know, but not even a, a grin or. Oh, ouch. Uh, Here comes Bolton. Uh, gentlemen, gentlemen, uh, and a young lady. Uh, this is a Splendida. I have few visitors, and I'm very glad to see you. You, you will stay the night. Uh, we have supper, and... Uh, no, this is more than a social call, Dr. Bolton. We're here to neuter your dog. And I've to co- talk about a certain Dr. Shade. Of course, Dr. Shade. Uh, if you are his friends, you are most welcome. <laughs> I do not understand. What have I said to surprise you? Uh, we're puzzled. Monsieur Bolton. Do you know that the world believes you have disappeared? An unknown benefactor gave me, gave me money to leave France and establish a laboratory here in Tangiers to conduct experimental work. I, it's work I could not do at home. No punctuation there. In exchange, he exacted a promise. I would keep my work and my whereabouts a secret. I see. And you have no idea who your unknown benefactor is? Ah, uh, mais non. I think I now believe he is an an associate of a certain Dr. Shade. There's no doubt of it. You were tricked into coming here. What do you mean? Are you aware that Dr. Shade intends to use your knowledge to make himself a dictator? Master of the world? Oh, certainly not. This was never mentioned. I will be no party to such an idea. Oh, Oh, golly, that's a relief. Shade's a killer. (laughs) <laughs> He's killing 98.6 me. degrees in the shade. Shade's a killer. We're trying to capture him and protect men like yourself. My name is Sky King. This is my niece Penny, my nephew Clipper, my friends Jim Bell and Knickerbocker Bump. <laughs> oh, hi. Good to meet you. It's great. Uh, this is good. Hi. 
Welcome, sir. And I thank you for giving me the true story of this madman's scheme. I only have been taking lots and lots of money from him for quite some long time now, and he's done very good things for me. But you have an honest face. I thank you. I don't think he's reading from the script. <laughs> I'm sorry. I saw Tootsie the other night, and it's just a bad influence. I might have been taken in by him. Of course, he told me only what he wanted me to know. You received a letter from him? No. A package? He mailed a package to you from the United States. It has not arrived yet. Seems odd. If he has something for me, it's a wonder he didn't bring it to Tangiers himself. You are expecting Dr. Shade? Expecting him. He's here. He has been here since this morning. No, he no. didn't. I can't talked to him on the telephone three times. That's why I recognized his name and is aware of part of his crazy scheme. Sky, do you suppose that it's... it's it, I don't know what I'm thinking, but something... No one ever else has called me today. <laughs> Answer. Hold the receiver so we can hear. Yes? This is uh, Bolton speaking. This is your friend, Dr. Shade, Dr. Bolton. Sky, his voice! Quiet! I have called to tell you more of my plan for a peaceful, atomic world. And I am not interested. First, the world will be guaranteed many years without war. Internal revolution, strife, conflict of any kind. Second, there will be no further concern about food, heat, sickness. As you know, the power of atomic science can someday change all bad conditions to good. We will have everything we need. You see where I was taken in, Basisk. Third, control of the world will be placed in the hands of scientists, intelligent, trained men who will work for human benefit. <laughs> We've had four conversations. I will call you again soon and tell you a place and time where we will meet in person. Until later, my friend. He hung up. Well, it's impossible, but true. Shade is in Tangiers and has been all day. Puzzling, puzzling, to say the least. Time for action. Get out your spy detector writers. What is that? The code for tonight. Protect Bolton. P equals B. Outside circle is P. B on the dial. <laughs> What is that device, Monsieur King? I've never seen anything like it. Quite possible, Doctor. Mr. Skyler King invented the instrument personally and entirely himself. Fine golly, it's wonderful. <laughs> you see, this is the code part. You read the letters from outside the circle to the inside, and you can scramble a message so that nobody... Not even the NSA will ever figure out what it means. The Detecto writer also prints. Here's a ruler and a three-power magnifying glass. Any scientist is interested in invention, and this seems to be a fine example. Practical for its purpose. You ought to be congratulated, Mr. King, on your ingenuity. Now, orders. Everybody listen. Penny, Clipper, go back to town to the telephone office. See if you can trace those calls. Find out where Shade is hiding. Uh, that should not be difficult. The switchboard is small and I have no other message. <laughs> Why? It's small. It's small. <laughs> 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 Somebody read on the message three board. three buildings in town. <laughs> 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 and only one has a phone. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> In fact, it is just a Y adapter. <laughs> do what you can, Betty and Glipper. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do our best, Sky. Jim, you go to the airport. Check there and around town. See if you can find anyone who saw Shade land and can tell you where he went. Right. It's possible the wires are tapped. We won't be able to telephone a report. But we can send you a printed note. A messenger could carry it and wouldn't be able to read it. That's the idea. I do not wish to intrude, but if there is a need for the humble services of Knickerbocker Bump, he would You be... stay here with me. We'll wait for Shade's next phone call. If there is another call. Well, what do you mean, Sky? Well, when Shade knows we're here, he may move fast. He may head for the laboratory and try to kidnap Dr. Bolton. If he does attack, we'll be ready. In one more minute of this exciting adventure, Sky King on the atomic trap. In, in, in one minute, more of this. In one more minute. In one more minute, more of this. In 60 minutes, more of this exciting adventure, Sky King and the atomic trap. Yes. <clears throat> hey, kids. The quickest way to be the envy of your whole block is to get Sky King's Spy Detecto Writer. Yes, the Detecto Writer that Sky used, uses during all his exciting handwritten adventures. Gosh, just picture the Detecto Writer in one strong, compact metal case. There's an almost magical mechanism that prints words big and plain as a typewriter that also codes and decodes messages, that also measures clues and magnifies hidden secrets with a three-power glass. Now, here's how it works. Spin the automatic knob till the letter you want comes up. Touch the Detecto Writer to paper, and that letter is printed plain as day. Then a spin and a touch, a spin and a touch, and you printed a whole message, as long as that message has three letters. A whole mess. There's an automatic ink feeder right in the Detecto Writer. But that's just the beginning. The Spy Detecto Writer also codes and decodes messages. There's a coding disk right on the Detecto Writer with 26 different code systems. If you and a friend can set the disk on your detector writers to the same codes, you can write absolutely secret messages. Gosh, there are loads more magical features. There's a built-in spy-type magnifying glass, three power, and a detective's rule for measuring clues as small as one thirty-second of an inch. Now, here's the wonderful bargain part. You can get a spy detector writer for yourself for just 20 cents and a paper liner or disc from a Peter Pan peanut butter jar. Just take the lid off a jar of that peanut butter. You'll find either a paper liner inside the lid itself or a shiny metal disc lying right on top of the peanut butter. Send either the paper liner or the metal disc with your name, address, and 20 cents to Sky King, Box 3636, Chicago 77. Sky King, Box 3636, Chicago 77. This offer good in the United States only. Oh. In 1949. So hurry and send today for a Spy King Detecto Writer individually numbered for you. Remember, the Detecto Writer prints messages. It codes and decodes messages. It measures clues and it magnifies. Mail your letter tonight. It's not compatible with Orphan Annie's. <laughs> <laughs> now... 
back to Sky King and the atomic trap. Impossible but true, Dr. Shade has arrived in Tangiers ahead of our friends. He's telephoned Andre Bolton four times. Penny and Clipper are sent to trace the calls. Jim goes to find Shade's plane to locate his hiding place. Sky and Nick stay behind at the greenhouse. An hour passes. Let's <laughs> <laughs> read that commercial again. <laughs> Sky and Nick pass the time passing coded messages on their detector wire to each other. <laughs> B. B. Go fish. <laughs> it's over to the left, Down the Sky. Hall, yeah. <laughs> An hour passes. Sky, Nick, and Bolton have waited patiently, but now they're jittery. Thunder and a steady boat, steady beat of tropical rain. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> On the copy, it's hard to read. Yeah, tell me about it. I'm Frederick. You had the original. <clears throat> Thunder and a steady beat of tropical rain wears their nerves thin. And then. Somebody at the door. It's about time. I'll get it. Yes? Oh, senor, I am told to bring these here. Fine, fine. Wait on the porch. I want to have you take back an answer. A printed note. Can't tell who sent it until we see what it says. (laughs) (laughs) You decode part of it, Nick. Spread out on the table, Mr. King. (laughs) Wait wait on... Deposit all messages here. Um, Be gentle, Nick. An hour passes. <laughs> Sky, Nick, and Belton are waiting. It doesn't get any better. <laughs> The next line is going to kill us, too. <laughs> Are now jittery. Wait, wait till I sit down. <laughs> there you are. Sacre blue. Mm. Spread it out on the table, Mr. King. Wait till, I, wait till I sit down. There you are. You have objections if I stay and see how this is done? Not at all, Doctor. <laughs> Where does the peanut butter come in? Uh, uh, um, hmm. Nick? Um, the, the code P equals B. The first letter R is N, S is O. The decoded word is no. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, let's quicken this up, guys. Uh, F Z Y S H H means record. Record. H H 
B-E-R-D is Kenneth? No, it doesn't. That's what it says. <laughs> That's pronounced fizzish. <laughs> what do you want for 20 cents? <laughs> <laughs> A decent peanut butter sandwich <laughs> that you don't choke on the fist. Oh, no, no, Sky means Rico. Sounds bad. Next, we have S C. S is O. C is F. The word of. Y V N N J is calls. Penny and Clipper were checking the telephone office. No record of calls. Huh? It, it appears that one of our leads is a washout. Uh, there's still Jim. He'll find something. We'll tell Clipper and Penny to get back here. One word should do it. Return. Want me to scramble it up for you, Mr. King? Yes, in code and printed on this piece of paper. Certainly. I can't understand, Bolton. If Shade's calls went through that switchboard, you'd think that... Jim's messenger. Hombre in Tangara say, bring these to Sky King. You, Sky King, no? Yes. Wait here for an answer. Si, senor. This must be from Jim, and I don't like the looks of it. I still don't like the looks of it, Nick. What do you think? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Pre-dangerous. in code, was it? Line 14. Yeah. Oh. Same as the other, See? How can you tell whether it is uh, good or bad news without decoding the words? The first two letters, R-S. We had that before, and the other message, it was no. B-N-V-R-Z means plane, no plane. R-S is repeated, and the fourth word, J-G-V-H-Z, J is S, G is H, V is A, Sha. It's shade, no plane, no shade. Impossible. If he was in Tangara, practically everybody at the airport and a lot of other people would know it. I still don't believe he's here. Discouraging. Very discouraging. Uh, I might as well get them back up here to the laboratory and start again. The code letters for return are... Uh, read slowly, Nick. I'll, I'll print a note to Jim. N-Z-E-K-F-R. Good. Good. Now I'll give those to the, the, the messengers. Then we'll all sit around and try and figure out what kind of magic was used to get Dr. Shade's voice down here ahead of Dr. Shade himself. Getting old, Mr. King. Eyes are going back on me. Uh, looking into streams of water and flashes of lightning is a strain on them, Nick. Mine are tired, too. What's he doing out there, anyway? Carrying potted plants from one place to another? Puttering around? That's, that's what I'd call it. Maybe, but Dr. Bolton's work is mighty important. Shooting planes with atoms, I don't know. Uh, here's how he explains it, Nick. Plants, seeds, are bombarded with atomic sparks... Some of the cells die, but others get stronger. So what grows out of the ground is changed. Maybe a dwarf, a giant. Bolton told me about a pineapple that produces fruit four times the size we see in a store. Big as a bushel basket? And that's just one example. Come into the next room. Did you notice that large round ball? <laughs> 
couldn't take my eyes off it. <laughs> Hanging inside the greenhouse? Yes, I did. Wondered what it was, too. Doctor, <laughs> Dr. Bolton calls it. It was a large I call it my cannon. <laughs> pendulous, very pendulous. Dr. Bolton calls it a cannon. He bombards the plants with it. The, the, the walls are lead, thick enough to keep atomic sparks from escaping. <laughs> In, <laughs> Inside is a charge of powerful radioactive material. Now, look here. A, a panel of switches. They control the cannon. Touch, <laughs> touch this. Oil. Touch this one. Golly. <laughs> touch this one. No, not there. The, the, the next one, yes. Touch Lower. the next one. The round ball. <laughs> touch this one, then a window and the ball opens slowly. Uh-huh. Touch another, and the ball starts to turn. <laughs> oh, no, God. It shoots out a stream <laughs> of dangerous, invisible sparks that cover the greenhouse. People, people, the, the, the why does he have to work on. it from in here? Why does he have to work it from in here? Radiation can injure and change humans like it does plants. Bolton might be dead by now if he wasn't careful. That cannon, <laughs> that cannon of his is practically a death ray. You should try driving it somewhere. <laughs> there sure are a lot of things in this room. Tables all cluttered up. What's under all these covers anyway? Oh, careful, Nick. Don't touch anything. <laughs> it's all testing equipment. Machines, chemical retorts. Hope I didn't break anything bumping that table. You tripped over the wire on the floor, pulled out the plug. I'll fix it. (laughs) Get this box out of the way. Here's the the sock. There, everything. Wait a minute. (laughs) Uh, More trouble, Mr. King? Not trouble, Nick. A break. We're back, Skye. Hey, what are you doing under that table, Skye? (laughs) (laughs) Atomic radiation sure takes too. Well, (laughs) duck and cover. You want to see my atomic? I'm getting clumsy. Boy, your uncle had to fix a wire. I tripped over it. Lucky for us you did. Look what I found. A box, huh? The package Dr. Shade mailed from the United States. This label matches the receipt that brought us down here. Oh, that. That's good. This had a piece of electrical equipment in it. Look around the room and try and find something about the same size. Let's, let's go. Okay. Oh, look at that. Guy, Sky. What is it, Clipper? Um, take a look. I just opened this cabinet. A uh, hunch, I guess. And gosh, there it was. <laughs> a phonograph. I'll turn it on. You see this? A wire from the speaker to a telephone cable. That's the answer. Answer to what, Mr. King? Listen to this record and you'll know. Trained men who will work for human benefit. We have had four conversations. 
I will call again soon and tell a place and a time. That's enough. Those are the words we heard before. Shade sent a phonograph and recordings of his voice. He planned to capture Bolton without even coming to Tangara. Somebody has to play him, Sky. Yeah, someone who would know when Bolton was convinced and could take him away without a struggle. Now we've got to find out who. Listen. Footsteps outside. Heading for the far door. Get this cabinet door closed. E- easy. Now hide behind that table over there. Sky, it's Frederico the gardener. Watch what he does. The phonograph! He's pushing a button, ringing the greenhouse phone. This is your friend, Dr. Shade. I call to tell you the time and place where we will meet in person. Listen carefully. Guanato Valley is only a short walk from where you are. I will be waiting there within an hour. Do not fail me, Dr. Bolton. I am expecting you. Until we meet. Sky. Sky, he's, he's checking a pistol. Drop that gun, Frederico. Drop it. Raise your hands and walk over here. How much did Dr. Shade offer you to deliver Dr. Bolton? How much, Frederico? No, comprende, senor. Suddenly forgot how to speak English, Sky. Yeah, the Tangara police speak his language. They'll know how to handle him. Jim? Yeah, it's Sky. Take Frederico down the hill to jail. Sure. The rest of us will go out to the greenhouse and tell Bolton he's out of danger. That shade is miles from here. We'll meet you at the Flying Arrow in an hour. Okay, I'll be there. Um, all right, you get moving. Hey, where's my lawyer? We're going to you. Watch him, Jim. Don't you worry. No, no, not that way, Buster. No jungle pass for me. We'll walk down the middle of the road straight into town. Any sidewinder who's double-crossed his boss ought to be sent up for at least ten years. Hear what I said? I hear you, my friend. Excellency! Dr. Shade. Yes, Dr. Shade. With a luger pointed at the middle of your back. Frederico, take his gun. Yes, now we return to the laboratory. We will capture Mr. Bolton. And perhaps end the long feud between the invincible Dr. Shade and... Sky King. Minutes later, our unsuspecting friends walk through the greenhouse examining a weird, curious plants. Plants with thick leaves, heavy stems, huge blossoms. Bright flashes of lightning throw the pattern of barred windows across the floor. Steady clicks and echo throughout the large room. Clipper asks about the sound, and Dr. Bolton explains. An alarm system for my protection. The clicks of a Geiger counter amplify. If dangerous atomic... Sparks escape while I am working. 
I will be wrong. That's a good idea. Bigger than a bushel basket. Golly, it's nice to relax for a change. Yep, bigger than a bushel basket. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <clears throat> a relief to quit worrying about Dr. Shade. What's that Quinato Valley he talked about, Dr. Bolton? I will show you. We cannot see much in the dark, because there's no light. But during the day, there is a fine view from this window. Below there. See it in that flash of lightning? I'll say I did. Me too, Sky. Shade's airplane. It probably just landed. We were wrong, Dr. Bolton. He did fly to Tangara, and he's waiting for you. What do we do, Mr. King? Beat him to the punch. Get down there and surround him. This way to the door. I wish I hadn't sent Jim into town. I will help, Mr. King. Thanks, Doctor, but you'd better stay out of sight. We'll leave you here in the greenhouse. With bars on the window and a steel door, Shade won't be able to get near you. If you think it's best, uh, here is the door. Must be stuck. Not strange. Locked. Locked from the outside. The cannon's starting to swing around. And the little window, it's opening. Something must have gone wrong with the remote control. Or somebody is working those switches on purpose. The telephone, let me answer it. Hello, Dr. Shade. (laughs) Very clever, Mr. King. You have guessed correctly. But you are too late. You are locked in this greenhouse, and at this moment, you are being bombarded by invisible atomic sparks. You know what that means, Mr. King. I know. These are my terms. Listen, Dr. Bolton must agree to join my organization. Yes, I'm monologuing. (laughs) I expect you to die. (laughs) Listen! Dr. Bolton must agree to join my organization, must agree to cooperate. You, you must surrender, and I promise no mercy. If you refuse, your friend, Jim Bell, my prisoner, and the rest of you, will all die. (laughs) Decide quickly, Mr. King. I have an appointment with my construction engineer in Kunwani tomorrow morning. I do not intend to be late. Decide quickly, Mr. King, or you will never leave the atomic trap in which you are caught. In one moment, the thrill-packed conclusion of this adventure, Sky King and the Atomic Trap. Yeah, we can skip this. Hey, if you want to have the best of your time of your life, skip the next page. Now... Sky King and the Atomic Trap. Our friends locked inside the greenhouse as an atomic cannon sprays the room with fatal rays. Mommy. (laughs) The clicks of the alarm grow faster, louder. Dr. Shade demands surrender or... All will die. Decide quickly, Mr. King, or you will never leave the atomic trap in which you are caught. Just hide quickly. I will call you again in... Eh, one minute. 
You heard what he said. Most of it, Sky. We just can't surrender. Sixty seconds. If we could only stop the cannon. Cut the radiation. Bolton, where are the wires that control it? Uh, high above us, a, control, a cable runs along the steel beam. Uh, we could never reach it. It's even hard to see. But I'll try a bullet. Shoot at a target no bigger than a clothesline and a hundred yards away? You'll never hit it, Mr. King. Probably not. As the power is cut, the window's free closed. We will be out of danger. Quiet, everybody. Well, try again. He did it! We're safe! Now we can take time to think. Uh, Mr. King, I, I think I know a way out. The ventilator. There is a grill near the floor here. Hmm. Room to crawl through and outside. Stand back. Maybe I can force it with my boot. No time to... Dr. Shade again. Let it ring. You first, Clipper. I'll follow. Yes, guy. No, run for the side door in the testing room. The rest of you, get there as fast as you can. Wait, Clipper, wait! Shade will hear him. He'll be warned. Clipper! I was afraid of that. Dr. Shade hurt me. He got away. I can't hold Frederico much longer. I'll take over. Untie Jim. You will not stop me, senor. No, talk English now, huh? <laughs> See if you understand this. Oh, 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 oh. I give up. I quit. Stand where you are. I'll guard him. Sky, this time he won't, he won't give me the slip. Sky, did you capture Dr. Shade? Gosh, no, Penny. I let him get away, and we don't have any idea where he's going next. Yes, we do, Clipper. Shade told me on the telephone he had an appointment with his construction engineer in Quanani. Construction engineer? One of the three atomic experts who disappeared months ago was an English construction engineer named Blaney. He must be the man Shade meant. That's right. Blaney must be in Kunani, South America. <laughs> South America. Shade has an appointment, all right. He can keep it. And so will we. Let's go. And so once again, Sky King has won his constant fight for justice. Again, he's defeated the sinister Dr. Shade and is one step closer to a final showdown. Sky King is presented by the makers of Peter Pan Peanut Butter. Exactly how did he how did he defeat Dr. Shade there? Dr. Shade. Dr. Shade. Well, the Blaney stays mainly in the Blaney Somehow by staying alive, Sky King yeah, can okay. qualify this as a victory much like any politician oh, okay, can gotcha. twist. Okay. He only got bombarded with a few of those dangerous <laughs> atomic sparks. Yeah, it's called sparks. the round ball sparks. effect. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> you just left out one word and it just... The Atomic Trap is a recreation of Sky King, originally broadcast on November 21st, 1949. It was edited and not directed too much by Richard Froelich.
Gunsmoke, brought to you by L&M Filters. This is it. L&M is best. Stands out from all the rest. Around Dodge City and in the territory in the West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with the U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. The transcribed story of the violence that moved West with young America and the story of the man who moved with it. I'm that man, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last one they want to meet. It's a chancy job. Makes a man watchful. And a little lonely. Morning, Doc. Jester? Hello, Matt. We've been waiting for you, Mr. Dillon. Oh, is there something wrong? Yes, sir. It's Mr. Doby. He's at the desk in the front, and he's real upset about something. He wants to see you. All right, both of you wait here. I'll be right back. All right, Matt. Marshal Dillon, I sure been wanting to see you. Oh, what's the trouble, Mr. Doby? You got a riot in here? There'll be a riot if you don't get them people out of here, Marshal. What people? The Daggetts, that's who. Well, uh, who are the Daggetts? The big Dan Daggett, he calls himself, and he is big, too. I've never heard of him. He's only been in Dodge since yesterday. He's one of them mountain men from on west. He's a hunter or something. One of them real hairy fellas. Shouldn't be allowed around other white men. Oh, uh, wh- why not? What's he doing? He's sitting in my hotel. I let him in before he told me. Before he told you what? It's better you see yourself, Marshal. His room's right at the top of the stairs. Okay, Doby, let's go. It's true, ain't it, Marshal? That I don't have to let nobody stay in my hotel I don't want? I guess so. If you got a good reason. I got plenty reason. Three men have moved out already. Sounds to me like he's got a box of rattlesnakes in there with him. It's worse than that. This is room here. Uh, this is a double room, isn't it? He needs it. He needs a whole dog on prairie. And that's where he's going. Now you tell him, Marshal. Hello? I got the U.S. Marshal with me this time, Daggett. Oh? I'm Marshal Dillon, Daggett. Doby wanted me to come over here and meet you. Come on in. Well, you were right about his being big, Doby. A man can't help being big. All right, it's no offense. It's okay. But there's been times I wished I was smaller. Not that I can't move as fast as any man. I'm easier to see, and that's the only bad part. Now, tell me, Daggett. What's the trouble between you and Doby here? It ain't my trouble, Marshal. All right, Doby. I guess you better explain. There's nothing wrong here that I can see. It ain't him. It's his wife. What? He don't like my wife because she's an Indian, Marshal. That's a lie. What do I care? She's an Indian. I don't understand. Where is she, Daggett? In the other room. Well, bring her in here. Doby, you know what I could do to you with the fingers on this one hand. Don't forget, I got the marshal with me. I'll use the other hand on him if he starts ordering me around, too. Now, wait a minute. This kind of talk isn't doing any good. You're probably pretty good with that gun, Marshal. But I've killed mountain lions with this here knife. I ain't afraid of anything alive, and not many ghosts. Ghosts? You even talk like a savage. All right, that's enough, Doby. Daggett, I didn't come here for a fight. I came to see what all the trouble was about. Now, if it's something to do with your wife, tell me. It has to do with Doby, not my wife. That's a lie! Dan? There she is! Look, Marshal! If it is me they're talking about, Dan, why didn't you call me? It has nothing to do with you. They was trying to order me around. At least, he was. Dobby there. I told you to get her in here so the Marshal could see her. Well, now he's seen her. 
What's all the fuss about? You're playing dumb, ain't you, Dag? Now, wait a minute. I don't think he is. Tell me something. Where'd you and Miss Dag meet? Near Denver. Near Denver? I'm a mountain man, Marshal. I've never been to a prairie before. But why were you in Denver, Miss Daggett? I was sent there four years ago to complete my education. My father was a chief, Marshal. A chief? What chief? His name was Yellow Horse. Yellow Horse? That's worse! That's the worst yet! I don't understand either of you, ma'am. What are you talking about? Well, now Dobie could tell your wife was Kiowa by the way she was dressed. Well, she gotta come from some tribe, don't she? Yeah, but being the daughter of Yellow Horse makes it even worse. Two years ago, the Kiowa killed some 18 settlers on raids through the country near here. Yellow Horse led him until he was killed. You never told me that. Is that true? I only heard my father was dead. They told me nothing else. Well, what difference does it make anyway? You wasn't on them raids. The feeling's still high against the Kiowas around here, Daggett. But you're right. She had nothing to do with them. A Kiowa's a Kiowa, and we won't stand for him and dodge. Don't be a fool, Dobie. How can you blame her for something somebody else did? I blame the whole tribe, and especially her father. And I won't stand for her being here. She's probably as murdering as he was. Toby! All right, hold it. Daggett. I'd like to apologize to Mrs. Daggett for bothering her. Apologize? Now, let's get out of here, Doby, now. No! You come here to throw him out, and you're gonna do it! Doby, I guess I'm a little like Dan Daggett here. I don't like taking orders very well, either. All right, Marshal. If the law won't help me... The law won't help you. Don't try anything else. Now, come on, we're getting out of here. Oh, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, what is it, Chester? Oh, would you mind stopping in at Jonas's store here? Won't take but a minute or two. Oh, you're going to be spending your betting money on clothes again? Oh, no, sir. I mean, I... Well, you see, Mr. Dillon, I need a little string tie for Sundays, kind of. Oh. They don't cost more than a quarter. All right, in that case, I'll come with you. Well, there's Miss Kitty. Hi, Miss Kitty. Hello, Chester. The ties are hanging back over there, Mr. Dillon. I won't be long. All right, Chester. Well, now you're as bad as Chester, Kitty. Always buying clothes. As Chester? Matt, if Chester's always buying clothes, how come ever since I've known him, he's worn the same pair of striped pants? <laughs> well, he's careful with them, I guess. He never gets some torn. He'd have to go to bed if he ever did. Where's Mrs. Jonas? She's out back, showing Dan Daggett and his wife something. Are they here? Sure. She introduced me to them. Big Dan Daggett, just like you said last night, Matt. He's earned that name. He's a buffalo, that man. Yeah, he sure is. His wife's name is Rose. He said he couldn't pronounce it in Indian, so he made it English. She's a beautiful little thing. Yeah, she's prettier than most women are around here. Thanks. Oh, no, Kitty, I didn't... No, you're right. She really is. I guess Dan Daggett can't be all brute, or a girl like that never would have married him. Yeah, it's too bad Doby over at Dodge House can't see it your way, Kitty. Doby's just not thinking very straight. Where's Jonas? He's out back road. Uh, he hello, Marshal. I didn't recognize you. Ah, uh, here she comes. Who's that, Matt? His name's Roden. He works over at one of the stables. Oh, that explains why he's too poor to come into the long branch. Jonas! Hey, Jonas! I'll be right with you, Roden. I'm in a hurry! Won't be a minute. Well, I ain't waiting while you sell her beads. Say, wait a minute, what's she doing in here anyway? Now you stay here, Kitty. She's got as much right to be here as you have, Roden. A Kiowa woman? 
You've gone crazy. No. Then throw her out of here, or I will. That woman's my wife, mister. Your wife? You'll have to throw me out, too. Oh, no, 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 no. Look here, I, I didn't mean nothing. If you don't mean nothing, then don't talk. Well, sure, sure, sure. Well, what do I care? It's your business. I, I don't care. And even if you do care, you shouldn't say nothing about it out loud. I ain't saying nothing. I gotta go now. Well, now, it looks like you handled that pretty well, Dave. I can't fight every man in the world. No, I guess you can. And I don't aim to, long as they don't push me too far. Yeah, is, uh, is Doby leaving you alone? Oh, he's doing a lot of talking around. He's trying to stir up trouble. But before it comes, we'll probably be gone. Back to Colorado and the mountains. Oh. But Marshall, you come and see us sometime the next day or so. Rose would kind of like that. Well, thank you, Daggett. It'd be a pleasure. Where's Doc this morning, Mr. Dillon? I've been up at his office twice and he ain't there. Yeah, he was called up to Duke's place last night. Somebody sick? Doc doesn't get many social calls there, Chester. Well, I was calling on him social-like. He'll appreciate that. Well, I think I'll go up to the Dodge House and uh, make a call on Jim Doby. More trouble, Mr. Dillon? There will be if somebody doesn't stop him. He's been talking to everyone who'll listen about Rose Daggett being Yellow Horse's daughter and how they ought to run her out of town. Like he's looking for help, ain't it? Yeah. He ought to know better than that, a man like Doby. Well, that's what I'm going to go up there and try to explain to him, Chester. Hello, Daggett. Marshal? I'm kind of worried. Why? What's the matter? It's Rose. I can't find her nowhere. You can't find her? I feel like a fool coming here and telling you. Maybe you and Chester will help me look for her. I've been everywhere. Of course we'll help you. Now, where'd you see her last? In our room. Let me tell you. I woke up real early, and I couldn't get back to sleep. I didn't want to bother Rose, so I got dressed and went out on the street and walked around. I weren't gone more than an hour, Marshal. Oh, I should never have left her. Did you ask him at the hotel? Did anybody see her leave? There weren't nobody at the hotel. Not when I went out and not when I come back. Nobody's seen her. Well, where would she have gone that hour in the morning? She wouldn't have gone nowhere, Chester. Not Rose. That's what I can't understand. Well, all right. Let's start looking for her. Come on. I guess we'll start with the hotel. I sure do, thank you, Marshal. And you too, Chester. We'll find her. Don't you worry. Hey, that's Doc's buggy coming there. Yeah, it sure is. Look, he's got somebody with him. That's Rose. That's Rose on that buggy. Rose, Rose, what are you doing there? Hello, Dan. Well, get down. You'll have to carry me, Dan. Where have you been? What happened to your feet, Chester? What, Doc? Do me a favor and take this buggy, will you? Sure I will. And you, Daggett, take Rose to the marshal's office. She shouldn't be on the street out here. We'll go. She told me about her husband, Matt, but she didn't tell me he was that big. Come on, let's follow. Yeah, yeah tell me, Doc, what was Rosie doing with you? I found her out on the prairie, about ten miles east of here. What was she doing out there? I'll let her tell you that. Just you stay and sit right there, Rose. I'm all right, Dan. Doc, this is my husband, Dan. I kind of gathered that, Rose. Good to know you, Dan. Good thing you come along, Doc. You feel up to telling the whole story, Rose? Yes. I expect the marshal here will be interested, too. Yes, all right. And then I want you to come up to my office with me. Yes, Doctor. Has she been hurt? Go ahead, Rose. Tell them. 
Well, early this morning I woke up when someone tied a bandana over my face. I never should have left you alone! That is foolish talk, Dan. It was not your fault. Go on, Rose. Well, it was two men. They never said a word the whole time. They never spoke once. But they carried me out the back way. Then they tied me onto a horse and led it way out into the prairie. They finally stopped and took me off and untied me. Then they took my shoes away and they rode off. I finally got the blindfold off and I walked and walked until I saw the doctor's buggy coming. I could not have walked much further. Oh, Rose. Wait a minute, Dan. Rose, you never saw those men? You never heard their voices? No, but I heard them walk. Everybody has a different walk. Well, do you recognize either of them from hearing them walk? No, it was not Dobie or that man in the store. We'll find them, Rose. We'll sit on the street and we'll listen until we find them. When we do, I'll cut them. I'll cut them awful before I kill them. No, Daggett. You let Rose find them if she can, then I'll take them. They're mine, Marshal. They're just as much mine as Rose is mine. I wouldn't let nobody else in the world touch them but me. Now, that'd be murder. Is that what you call it? Rose, Doc wants you in his office. You go along now, and then we'll start listening. It's as good a way to hunt as any. For the next few days, the Daggetts took up their post on the boardwalk halfway down Front Street. Rose would sit there for hours with her head down, her eyes half-closed, listening to the footsteps of hundreds of men as they passed. And Daggett would stand at her side, his bowie knife in his belt, waiting with animal patience for a sign from his wife. But it didn't come. I began to hope for his sake the kidnappers had left the country and nothing would happen. And then on the morning of the third day, Chester and I were loafing around on the porch of the general store. Well, where's the Daggett's this morning, Mr. Dillon? They ain't over there where they usually are. Yeah, I guess they haven't started yet, Chester. I swear every man in Dodge must have walked past there by now. Yeah, all but two, maybe. Morning, Marshal. Chester. Hello, Mr. Doby. Doby. I'm looking for the Daggett's, Marshal. You seen him? No, I haven't, Doby, but Dan Daggett isn't taking things as easy as he was. If I was you, I'd stop looking right now. Doc told me what happened, Marshal. Doc did, huh? Well, he knew nobody else would, so he took it upon himself. For what? For my own good. The way he put it. Well, did it do you any good? It made me mad. Mad at myself, mostly. I've been a fool. Mr. Dillon, there's Rose now. In the in the street there. And she's got a shotgun. What's she doing? It looks like she's following those two men. Come on. Sure is. She stopped them. She's got them turned around. Say, she's gonna shoot them. They ain't making a move. How do you know it was us? Huh? And what if it was? I guess you ain't learned nothing. Maybe we'll have to do it again. Don't shoot, Rose. I'll take him. All right. Give me the shotgun, Rose. It is empty, Marshal. Why'd you do it? I'd arrested them. Dan would have found a way to kill them, even if you had arrested them. They're dead, Mr. Dillon. Both of them. Who are they, Chester? Never saw them before in my life. Couple of strangers, I guess. I'll go get somebody to give me a hand. Rose! Rose! Was that them? <sighs> Why didn't you tell me? What'd you run away for? Why'd you kill him? They're the ones, Dan. How'd you know? Where'd you spot them? They walked past our table while we were eating breakfast. You said you was going up to our room. I did go. Long enough to get the shotgun. Why didn't you tell me? Why'd you have to kill him? I could not see you hang for what happened to me, Dan. I'd gladly hung for it. Anything's better than you going to jail. I will not mind, Dan. It'll kill you. I won't let it happen. 
It ain't right. Don't try to take her, Marshal. Don't you try. Now, nah, I know how you feel, Daggett. But I've got to arrest her. Rose's got to stand trial. What'll they do to her? I don't think there's a judge or jury in Kansas who would convict Rose after what she did under the circumstances. Hey, Marshal Dillon? Yeah, what is it, Doby? I gotta say something, Marshal. All right, say it. Them two men she killed, I just looked at them, and I don't know who they were, but I've seen them before. So? I seen them the other day when I was talking the way I was. They heard me. They was listening. Go ahead. Well, I just had to tell you that. I, I don't feel very proud. No, you're the one that ought to be going to jail, Doby. That's what I'm trying to tell you, Marshal. It's mostly my fault, what happened to her and this killing and all. Well, now you learned something now, didn't you? Well, there's nothing I can do about it. It's too late. I feel like hiding. Mr. Doby? Yes, ma'am? Would you walk back to the hotel with my husband and I? Thank you, ma'am. I'd, I'd be proud to. Gunsmoke was originally produced by Norman MacDonald. Tonight's performance was directed and produced by Jack J. Ward and stars Guy Earle as Matt Dillon, Keith Morrison as Doc and Roden, Allie House as Kitty, Megan Townsend as Rose, Mark Penny as Dobie, and introducing Jessica Lynn Kempton as Jonas and Simon Squire as Dan and the Man. Gunsmoke is a production of CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Gunsmoke, Sins of the Fathers, was sound engineered and edited by Richard Summers, also known as Captain Radio. Tonight's performance was purely for the love of the series and the medium. No copyright infringement is intended or suggested. tonight's show. Thanks so much to Richard Froelich and the Texas Radio Theatre Players, and our house performers, Jack Ward with the Shadowland Acting Troupe. Our final performance in the 2016 Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is in a week, when we return with the Narada Radio Company with Pete Lutz, and an inner sanctum mystery, as well as our own Shadowlands players with a classic detective story. Until then, I'm David Alt. Good night. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. This is Jack Ward, and on behalf of everyone here at the Mutual Audio Network, we wish you, your family, 
and all your friends safe harbor during these difficult times.